On today's episode of Floodlandia, we have a guy that's known for traveling the radio waves of the greater Lowell area on his own radio show on WUML. When it comes to music and guitars, he's taught me more than anyone, so give it up for Mr. Sai P. Sai Patel, welcome to Floodlandia, my friend. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. I, uh, I'm feeling refreshed today. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I'm so excited to have you. You know, it's beautiful, almost spring day. I don't know if you can consider March spring or not, but most of the snow is melting, so it's kind I'm of good at, vibes. I'm, I'm looking outside right now. It's real sunny. That's yeah. a good sign. That's Absolutely. a really good sign. Yeah, after like weeks of snow, it's good for nothing to be falling from the sky. That's for oh, sure. It's, oh, it's, it's so good to see the sun again. I used, really I used to think I was a winter baby, but look at me now. Yeah, absolutely. Every winter, I want the summer. Every summer, I want the winter. So it's just... Right. We're <laughs> just stuck in this endless cycle. Exactly. The grass is always greener on the other side, except right. for when there's snow on the grass. <laughs> but, uh, so I asked you some pre-interview questions ahead of time, and uh, we were thinking it was a good idea to discuss those on the air. So right. the first question was uh top five albums of all time i was gonna say this this is this is a tough one because i'm looking through sort of all the albums that i listen to um yeah which at you know you know is a lot yeah um <laughs> uh but i think i think top five uh i, I always have to mention deftones because that's where i got like really into music deftones with uh saturday night wrist that was my favorite one of my favorite albums uh my blood my bloody valentine's loveless uh got me like really deep into you know just exploring sound because oh yeah that's sort of like what shoegaze does that's the de facto like shoegaze album um which like it, it it's it's so it's so nice to listen to and you can explore like synths with guitars and like just the wall of sound and like that's that's kind of like a, a huge thing i put into my like what i like in music is just like yeah. huge sounds um i also have am by avlov which is a band from connecticut which i am in love with they haven't released anything recently which is sad but i know that they're still technically active which gives me a little bit of hope um after that is uh mark garson's um ataraxia the unexplained which is uh, like a synthscape album that man i like i get chills whenever i talk about it because oh, wow. it, mort garson is uh like a pioneer of of synth uh music um and and the production and and what he did on ataraxia was just so incredible to like paint almost these these stories with just the single uh or you know the the multiple patches that he had on his on his um modular synth which is incredible and then i think i'm on number five right now right i believe so yes uh number five is uh you know what now i've gotten this far i'm trying to think what my what my my fifth one is uh i'm gonna sound like i'm gonna sound like a, a music snob i guess not a music snob but like maybe pretentious uh, no love deep web by death grips which is like a, a music like uh an album that like puts me in a place like it like yeah. elicits 
paranoia in me, which is oh, I find wow. really cool. <laughs> um, like just having that feeling of like, oh boy, like this is. I, I didn't know music could make me feel like this, you know. Oh wow! So those are those are my top five. Wow, that's awesome. You yeah. Know, I, I recognize the name of Death Grips, uh, the Deftones, yeah. and My Bloody Valentine. I couldn't tell yeah. you a song by any of them, but I'll have to look deep oh, into them yeah. after I would, this. I would super, super, super recommend Mort Garson and um, uh, and Avlov, because oh, those those wow, those yeah. albums make me feel some type of way. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, it's it's rare to find an album like that, but. I know I'm the oh, same way. Once rare. I find it, I just listen to it over and over again. <laughs> oh yeah, no, these are these are albums that I if I don't already have them on on vinyl, like I'm I'm gonna try my best to get them because you know yeah. that that's like sort of the ultimate to me at least. Like collecting the vinyl is like the ultimate expression of like I love this album. I I want it physically. Like right, you know right. the 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 it's uh, vinyl is just straight up analog. There's no yeah digital decoding or encoding to that um so like it's just it's just so good to like physically hold the music you know what i'm saying yeah wow that's a wild way to think about it but that's awesome for sure so uh what was the first vinyl that you ever got can you so remember that far back i i can it was yeah. in a hot topic oh I there we go the hot topic at the solomon pond mall in in, yeah. in marlboro the time where I grew up and I bought happiness by dance Gavin dance. I don't know if you know dance Gavin dance. Yeah. I'm I feel familiar. Like it, it, yeah. It might, I, I was thinking it might not be too far off from, from some of the bands that you listen to, but um, I right, remember too. I was, I was 13. I went in there with 30 to 30 bucks that I had, I had saved up and I, and I bought happiness by dance Gavin dance. And I listened to that thing on a, on a crappy little, crosley vinyl player that oh, wow. i got like a couple months earlier and boy oh boy those were the days That's much simpler awesome. times yeah back yeah. in 2012 that was oh wow well yeah i think i think 2012 was when i got my first cd yeah, yeah. my first cd ever saw was the soundtrack to lemonade mouth that disney that's original awesome. <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> Dude, some of those are still bangers. I was listening back. That totally like, fits. That yeah. totally fits. <laughs> I I don't know if that's a good or bad thing that that fits with my personality, but I'll okay. take it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, some of those are bangers. I think my uh, second was Ocean Eyes or whatever it was called by Owl City. I was oh, a big Owl City kid yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day yeah. too. I know oh, everyone makes fun of Fireflies. Yeah. That was a good song. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fantastic song. That was also one of the songs that like really got me into production. Oh, really? I remember I was talking with my my music teacher at the time, and and she was saying how the the how how Owl City like made that entirely in GarageBand, and I was just like, there is no way yeah. that 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 was the case, but they did. Um, and then I tried using GarageBand, and it was terrible for years and years, or I should say what i made was terrible for years and years until i you know actually put yeah. some effort into learning music right yeah by learning music do you mean more the theory and stuff or not so much theory i mean so i would go into it i i, I should say theory because 
I like at that time I had absolutely no idea what chords were. I didn't know chord structure. I didn't know scales or like how to, how, you know, different notes interact with each other in terms of intervals. But right, when I started it. to learn, you know, guitar, I would learn that a little bit and I would know like, Oh, I can make a good progression if I, you know, follow sort of the circle of fifths and like scale, scale structures and, um, that right. whole that whole jazz oh that's awesome yeah i know a few different times i tried to get into like edm and stuff like i'd hear uh dead mouse or something and just get really hyped oh, on it yeah <laughs> yeah i i remember it's rest in peace daft punk not that they died they're just not active oh, yeah. anymore but like <laughs> daft punk got me into that um as well like crazy crazy stuff yeah with edm yeah, I'm trying to think. There weren't like a ton of electronic artists I listened to. I know Lindsey Sterling would sometimes go into that realm. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with her, the the violinist. Yeah, there's some some kind of wild stuff there, and she danced was on it stage. Lindsey Lindsey Sterling was uh, the one who did the the Zelda covers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I yeah. We're seeing those on YouTube. Yeah, I know. I feel like I can barely move around when I'm playing guitar. Like I can just barely like walk across the room if I try. And she does all these like elaborate dances while having that violin like against her like shoulder and neck. Like... Yeah, it's 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 mesmerizing. <laughs> like really to like to watch artists in their zone when they're yeah. uh, when they're like moving around. Yeah, I saw her in concert once, but it was. Uh didn't realize it was a christmas show because it was like early yeah. november <laughs> that mm. i get there i'm like oh this is Lindsay sterling singing or playing like all these christmas songs which was still good but like kind of wish she played like more of her original stuff you know <laughs> right right yeah there's some artists that really go deep into the um christmas album thing like i know pentatonics was pentatonics really big on that too a lot of like those modern gentlemen i guess i don't know what to call it the yeah, modern like, swing we'll call it like, yeah, like uh, michael, michael Buble Buble. and uh, yeah, josh exactly. groban yeah well i mean it makes sense swing was yep. very into christmas right like bing crosby and yeah yeah frank sinatra did whole 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 albums filled with with christmas stuff yeah i'm trying to think uh, i remember i used to listen to some playlists on spotify called a pop punk christmas or something yeah <laughs> i actually i think i remember seeing that one time yeah <laughs> i gave it a little give it a little chuckle yeah honestly some of it is pretty decent there's there's some uh blink 182 christmas songs that aren't quite in the christmas spirit but i i enjoyed those as well <laughs> it's uh yeah do you remember your first uh cd as well or just the first vinyl my first CD was uh, Saturday Night Wrist by Deftones. Oh, okay. That's, oh, that's fitting then. Yeah, that's when I got a CD player for myself. Or actually, that's when I got my first laptop was, I think, um, like a year before I bought the, the, the Happiness Final. So like 2011. Um, and, and it had a CD player in it, and I, and I wanted to get CDs. So I got... I got a bunch of CDs all at once, but the first one that yeah. got rung up was um, Saturday Night Wrist, or the first one that I picked up was Saturday Night Wrist. But I also got like System of a Down um, with Toxicity and Hypnotize, and I also oh, got a couple other Deftones records on there. Yeah. It was it was it was good. 
Oh, that's awesome. Life, life was much better. I think I'm regressing yeah. to that point yeah. now. I think I've been listening to a lot more Deftones and System of a Down recently. Oh, dude, there we go. I think I kind of know System of a Down. Are they relatively similar to Rise Against, or am I really off base there? Um, Some songs, I would say. Uh, I don't know. So they have, like, Chop Suey. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they're like they're 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 metal. Oh, I, would say. I got you. Um, in a in a vein that's like similar to Rise, uh, or I mean, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. But they don't sort of do a ton of flow. Oh, okay, I got you. I I did know the difference between Rage Against the Machine and Rise Against. <laughs> I just yeah, thought it was similar yeah. to Rise Against. Just. No, as, no. It, as a music it, it, fan, it, I needed to specify I did know the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had no doubts. I think I I think Rise Against is a is a fair comparison though, because some okay. of the songs have, um, that that sort of timbre to them, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. You definitely have a kind of varied like music view from the metal to the psychedelic more sort of stuff and the electronic. But uh, real yeah. quick, I did have a question about uh, CDs and stuff. So I know like my computer now doesn't have a CD drive and like some newer cars don't have anywhere to put a CD in. Do you think CDs are going to come back like vinyl is or do you think there isn't enough character to uh, just a disc of like kind of digital encoded uh music that would uh warrant it coming back so that's that's a good question um i think it depends on the person a lot like i i so i i recently just built like a a a whole desktop pc um and i remember like a couple days after I, i i built it and it was all running i uh i i was talking to my friends and i just looked over and i really wish that it had like a CD drive so that I could just like load on my music. Um, CDs are great. They're, they're, they're great little inventions that, you know, um, compacted all the music that we play into this, you know, format that was super small, super inexpensive. Like you can buy 50 CDs now for kind of dirt cheap. It's like even tapes as well. Um, and I know, and I know my, well, actually, not my car. My car's from 1998, but uh, other other cars don't have CD drives. Some, and even before then, like tape drives are being phased out. It, right. It's sad to see it go, but I think depending on who you are, um, there's definitely like a, a a dedicated like cult fan base to CDs. You know, yeah, I definitely say I'm part of that. I have so many CDs, but I'm right. I'm forever stuck in like 2007 a little bit, so I think that's right. part of it. <laughs> I, I I mean, fair enough. Me too. I have uh, I I I love CDs. I have uh, so I years ago I, I built like a whole hi-fi system for my for my apartment, um, and the first thing that I made sure to get was a CD player because I I have walls and walls of CDs at at my my parents' house. Like wow, yeah, a, a ton. It's 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 part mine part my dad's part my mom's collection my brother doesn't have any cds except for i think beer bongs and bentley's by post malone oh i got you i got you (laughs) but you know it's 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 cool it's a cool little medium and um obviously you know i work at the 
the radio station and, right. and we have a ton of CDs as well and and pro, uh, promotion companies um, the ones that I used to work with when I was a metal director would send out CDs to me and, and a lot of bands would send CDs demos to, to the station um, I think if you're just like the general music consumer I think the, the time for CDs is like way past though like right yeah you know, Spotify exists. I have Spotify open on my screen right now. And I'm uh, when I was looking through the albums that I had, I wish I, you know, had a whole drawer of CDs that I could open. You guys right, could hear yeah. open and close when I was like checking through what yeah. my favorite albums were. But Spotify is easy. It's all, it's all like the music in one place. You know, I don't have to change anything. So I think maybe to answer the question, yeah, I don't know if CDs are going to come back as strong as vinyl i think they're gonna persist for maybe a few decades but right, it yeah. might go the way of like the the vhs tape you know right yeah that makes sense and i have a cassette player but i think i only have two cassettes one was yeah. a gift it was uh the soundtrack to guardians of the galaxy yeah <laughs> but uh the other one i think was what's it called uh peripheral vision by turnover oh yeah, yeah you know yeah, that yeah. uh dude that's a good I album that. that's a really good album i think i almost got uh what was it called the black parade by my chemical romance too <laughs> that's <laughs> that would definitely have been a good one to to get on tape for sure yeah i have i have two tapes as well i only have i have death grips's um uh you're the snitch which uh, the tape is ruined now i don't know what happened to it but the the magnetic tape and it got corrupted and then i have my uh my my friends bands like two two song demo which oh, I, wow. I do listen to pretty often um but you know tape is kind of a dying thing as well i mean good fidelity yeah. on tape again it's all analog there's not a ton of you know digital going in there you know right yeah you're, which... you're reading the you're reading the the audio signal in in in, in the magnet itself right which is kind of wild thinking about it now right i know both of us are electronics guys so yeah we have a we have respect for the analog <laughs> yeah we're, we're taking sure. we're taking the same courses and like with you know computer architecture and design it's all about decoding and encoding and and we already took signals and systems where it's like right. you have this continuous non-discrete signal and then you would transform it into a discrete signal that had you know varying like voltage levels and then you could translate those voltage levels into um like bits which which is what right. the cd would end up being was the bits which would decode into voltage levels which would be like music kind of yeah yeah exactly and i was thinking the other day too because i just found uh this old uh general electric transistor radio in my garage so like yeah. a pretty small thing, but just thinking about how radio works too, which it's literally just something's going out at a certain frequency and you set your radio to pick up that certain frequency and then you just get it through the airwaves, which right. is so wild to really visualize. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the small frequency modulations inside of a, of a single broadcast band is, is your audio signal. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool as hell to think about like i i'm, I'm glad that i've i've specced into sort of 
doing broadcast stuff with the the radio station because I get to, you know, learn all about FM transmitting and and you know receiving. Right. Um, right. But it, it's so it's so wild to think about because you know you can you can sort of wrap your head around AM, which is just like, okay, you have this one sort of frequency and the amplitude will change and whatever the amplitude change is is your audio signal and then with fm the amplitude stays the same like roughly and then the just the the micro like variations in frequency oh wow i think i think that's how it works i i might be completely wrong i might have learned nothing from the radio station (laughs) but I know, I know that's how AM works because that's how our radio station was founded. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I know. I was looking up uh, circuit diagrams for transistor radios the other day, and honestly, it's it's not that hard to build one. I was surprised, but to be fair, I also accidentally build radios <laughs> when I just don't ground my circuit correctly. Like uh, I was picking up some AM radio station the other day. I'm pretty sure just talking politics. When I was yeah. trying to breadboard my uh, guitar pedal, <laughs> like yeah. the circuit for that, it was just getting some uh, radio announcer, which is always interesting. Imagine just a pedal that just had a subtle amount of radio in the background, <laughs> right? At all that'd times, that'd be cool, actually. I think yeah. that would be that would be that would be an interesting little thing to yeah. have. No, definitely. You could pick up a radio signal and then you could uh, you could you could loop it maybe for a sample if you found a good one. Oh, it'd be awesome! Yeah, I know like trying to like sell that music though like the rights are probably oh, yeah, super the rights messy would, the rights would be a, a nightmare i would say uh maybe that's a pedal for at home maybe that's a pedal yeah. for jamming <laughs> don't release that yeah there we go dude I, I i might be making the radio looping pedal pretty soon there you go watch out for that i'll build you one too <laughs> thank you no problem but uh i was gonna say like uh what back freshman year when we uh, had the club fair or whatever i remember i didn't really visit too many of the booths except for uh the uml radio station and i actually did get a cd from those guys that i think i still have upstairs with a bunch of like underground artists on it it was, it was definitely solid <laughs> oh what did they did they hand you a mixtape yeah they did exactly oh. <laughs> did fun. you guys still make mixtapes I don't think we make mixtapes anymore. We should. It would be really cool if we did. Actually, I might. Actually, you given me an idea. Yeah. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll bring this up during the next meeting, which might be later today, actually. So, hey, yeah. look at that. We're making we're making moves. This is this is a productive partnership. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm helping helping make the radio station even better. Didn't know that was possible, right. but you're welcome. <laughs> we have a little suggestion box. Dude, absolutely. We get one of those as well. Yeah, dude, totally. So the next question on here is, uh, what are your thoughts on giving human names to pets? I know um, you have some dogs, but I can't remember I their names. So I have two dogs. Uh, yeah. I I don't like giving human names to pets. You can probably guess that by like what I call one of my dogs. Uh, it's not his yeah, actual yeah. name, but I have one dog called Bear. Um, oh, wow. He was named by the rescue agency. He's he's great. He's 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 a doofus. He's yeah. <laughs> he's silly. Um, and he's he's a like a great dog lover's dog. And then I have another wow. dog, officially named Pappy, um, yeah. but I call him Peebus. Oh yeah, I remember that now. <laughs> yeah, I call him because I don't like. I think I think it's 
he like just give a like giving a dog a name based off a human thing kind of just like gets rid of the personality of the dog i guess yeah and like, like pappy i think is what some people call their grandfather right <laughs> well it's 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 pappy short for papaloo because he looks like he looks like papaloo the ewok oh kind wow, of, okay, or okay. he used to um but i call him peebus because he's just kind of like a peebus like if you would <laughs> if you would personify that word yeah, he's, so, he's just kind of Peebus, Peebusy. No, that, that's very fitting. I've seen you on your Snap story, like refer to him as that, and it's like that makes sense <laughs> yeah. for that dog. <laughs> it makes sense. He's he, my my parents and I lovingly describe him as fat old man. Yeah, and um, you know, he's he's just. I think I think you need to if you're naming an animal, and this is very important because the animal is family, right? Right. Right. Um, I think with the you have the you have the benefit of not having to name the animal immediately, right? With the right, human, yeah. you have to name them right off the, right out of the hospital. Like I was named Sai at birth. Wow, wow, yeah. Because they need to because they need to you know sign all the paperwork. Actually, I don't know if that works. Did, do, can you wait a little bit to name a human? I'm not sure. It's, Maybe that's a good can. question. I, I guess can. it depends I if you're given, if you're born in a hospital or not. If <laughs> Right. If someone gives birth in like uh, the Arby's parking lot, I think they have a little bit of time before yeah, they have, have to name have the kid. Yeah, you have a little <laughs> bit of time before you have to like send all the paperwork to the government. But I think the birth certificate needs to be filled out um, yeah. within some amount of time. And with an animal, they grow up pretty quickly. So in a pretty short amount of time, I think like within a month, you can sort of discern the personality of the animal. Right, yeah. Um, which is, you know, I think why the the... You know, adoption agency or the not the adoption, the rescue agency that we got bear at sort of named him bears because, you know, besides looking like a bear, he kind of yeah. acts like one. Like he <laughs> uses his hands a lot. Like he he's he's smart. He uh, he's very loud, like uh, like yeah. a bear. Um, and I think I think it fits fits him perfectly. And then, you know, we we named Pappy like almost immediately after we got him because I was. I think 12 at the time a lot of things happened yeah. when i was 12 yeah. i might learn during this episode Dude, there we go um, <laughs> uh yeah but we we named him happy like right at the right at the adoption agency like the kennel and um you know it it worked but you know as as i grew up with the dog um yeah. he he kind of he's kind of like a little grumpy guy. Like he's, yeah. he's kind of a peebus. It's just, I think that's the best way yeah. for me to describe it. Dude, that's awesome. That's, that's a good way to think about it. Cause I always kind of just thought of it like the human way. Like you got to name the thing right away, but you kind of don't really. And it kind of, right. they, it takes time for them to learn their name, you know? Right. Yeah. Like no, you could just straight up call a dog dog for about like, I think close to, a few months and then you can switch the name and then they'll start responding to that name. Um, yeah. It was actually funny because I hadn't called Peebus Peebus until he was like eight years old or oh, seven wow, years yeah. old. And he responds to Peebus now because I call him that all the time. <laughs> um, so you can, you can, you can like give, give the, give the, the little guy a, a name based off the personality. I think it helps a lot and it helps form a pretty strong bond. Not, you know, if, if you like having a human name for your dog, that's all you. 
that's that's perfectly all you i just have a different philosophy about it yeah and i feel like there's some uh human names that work better like i cannot imagine oh, someone having Hunter a dog a named name. steven could not imagine <laughs> having a dog named steven could not imagine having a dog named roger oh wow actually dude uh, a dog named roger might be a good band name a dog, <laughs> a dog named roger <laughs> hey hey could be Dude, absolutely. Sai Patel, the bassist for a dog named Roger. <laughs> right. Wait, do you play bass or guitar? I couldn't remember. I play both. I play both. I, I oh, do okay. play both. Yeah. So I, I can switch off. I can play synth for them as well. Oh, I also dude. saw that was part of the, the part of one of the pre-interview questions that you would ask. Oh yeah. Wait, let's see. I, I can't even remember. Or it which wasn't. It, was. it wasn't part of the questions. It was. It was one of the. Oh, oh yeah, one of the things we discussed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we we can discuss gotta, that now. We're we're going all over yeah, the, the place. Listeners, but... The listeners get a look under the hood of what what drives this machine is a, a very well worded email from Jack um, about like what the show's going to be about. And it's it's very thorough. I do like it. Good, thank you. Yeah, you know, by episode ten, I kind of I, I got everything. You got it down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I try. So. uh yeah, was bass what you picked up first, or did you start playing guitar and then that kind of brought you to bass and to synth and stuff? Or what so was the path? I I picked up guitar first. Um, I don't know if you can see it on my camera. The, the behind me is the oh, first yeah. guitar that I ever owned. Um, oh wow! It's a Ibanez uh, Geo Gio. Um, it's it's it was a guitar that guitar center suggested because i played metal uh, oh, yeah. i wanted to play metal it's got nice heavy pickups for that it came with heavy strings i've restrung it a bunch of times though uh but yeah i picked up guitar first um i have a very complicated history with guitar uh, oh yeah it would be me you know picking it up for a couple months for like the first five years i played guitar it would be me picking it up playing it for like a couple months making some right. progress and then putting it down and then not touching it for like the rest of the year. And then it would, that would, you know, continue until I was like around 17 where it's just like, I have this guitar. I'm going to, I'm going to learn it. Um, yeah. and then I, I started actually, you know, putting in the effort again to like learn scales, learn chords, learn chord structure, learn, um, the relationships between you know different intervals as well right um, how to go from major to minor easily and stuff like that it's all stuff i still need to learn i know the chords so that's about it i kind of you just... know i was gonna say i took a, a i sort of knew some of the stuff going in but i kind of wanted to just make sure i i like knew what i was doing so i, I took a music theory course last semester oh yeah um, and it's it's super easy to understand i don't know like I, I, I get that some people are more like prone, I guess is the word to, to understanding yeah. some things better than others. Right. Um, but you know, music theory is, it's not, it's not terribly difficult. Um, it, it's, I think it's something that anyone can get into. And I know a lot of people are getting into to music production and, and, right. you know, instrumentation. Cause you know, you hear these stories of people like getting famous overnight because of things like TikTok. Yeah, exactly. So people people want to get famous. It helps a lot to know music theory. Um, you don't need to know all of it, obviously. Right. You don't need to know like 
specific stuff for jazz unless you want to do jazz then you absolutely have to learn that yeah but if you just want to make you know simple songs like bedroom pop or whatever right yeah it's 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 good to know that stuff um but yeah i i i started learning that with guitar and then about a year after that i got my first bass which is uh, a fender uh it, 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 I can't remember the exact one, but it's it's just like a Fender, yeah. like generic based bass. It, it came with a starter kit because um, someone someone was selling that, and I got a pretty good amp out of it, which was cool. Oh, um, there you go. There we go. And then, you know, I started collecting more guitars, and then I think a couple years ago, I've got into you know synths, um, and synths are cool. Synths are really cool. They oh, are. Wow just this way to make so many different sounds because you know you're working with multiple oscillators if you can get yeah. one i mean you can get a single oscillator synth pretty easily and prefer pretty dirt cheap you can fool around with filters envelopes amplitude envelopes filter envelopes um you know sometimes they'll have monophonic and polyphonic you can have like detuned polyphonic right. uh you know sounds coming out of it yeah yeah um it's just it's it, it opened this like whole gateway into 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 music for me because oh, that's awesome like it, it's really something that you can explore like you can get really deep into it um and that's you know something i talked about earlier with uh mort garson and and you know all of all of his albums with like black mass lucifer plantasia ataraxia the unexplained all all of that you know yeah it's if you, you sort of and 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 there, there's stuff by like bukla as well like it you go straight into like just just this whole different world where like music is is like a picture i guess oh is, wow is the best way to de- describe it yeah like you can listen to suzanne siani uh, Mark Garson, all all those people are like masters of of building atmospheres and and sort of telling wordless stories, you know, oh, wow. just using synths. Yeah, I know. Like sixties and seventies, electric guitar came really big. Then the eighties or so, oh, the synths yeah. came in into the scene. Even like yeah, you're saying sixties and seventies electric guitar, yeah. like even like the folk days you know back in the 40s 50s you know even the 20s and 30s like that's yeah. a lot of good storytelling and oh, using a guitar like um one of my favorite album one of my favorite artists of all time um is is lead belly uh a, a folk artist uh from from you know around the time when slavery ended um, I was oh, an ex-slave, wow. I, th- I believe, or had family that was ex-slaves. I don't. I should really research this before I go on a <laughs> podcast. But um, it's all good. Yeah, no, the the um, the incredible storytelling that Lead Belly could yeah. could could you know perform with a guitar. You know, it's it's insane. Um, right, Bob was, Dylan was, was similar too. Sorry, I didn't mean Bob to cut Dylan. you off. But no, it's I, it's it's totally cool. I think we're we're getting into it. Yeah. Um, Cause he had a horrible but, voice, but because of his storytelling and the way he was yeah. able to put guitar it like with it, super nasally <laughs> voice and, and the harmonica as well was, was great. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you know, some some instruments just sound straight up like singing, and and it's and it's yeah. great. It's great to like you know explore that. So I mean, that that was sort of my music journey, I guess, quote unquote, right. was yeah. was getting into like sort of how I could tell stories with music. I think that was the best um, piece of or like anecdote that, or I guess metaphor. I don't know. I don't know what to call it <laughs> specifically. But the best sort of comparison, I guess, to music or making music was uh, like it's it's a it's it's a it's a story, you know. Yeah. Like a chord progression should be like a conversation. Um, that's a simile. That that's right. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Because <laughs> I use like. Um, but yeah, like a, a chord progression can be like a question. So like in jazz, you can have a, a a a bar that ends with like um with like a, a note that sort of raises a little bit, and it's like a question. And then you have the next subsequent, you know, you know, set of notes end in in sort of right. this whole way where it's just like an answer. Oh, absolutely. I say, I say bars and all that stuff. I don't think I'm using the right terminology because, again, I'm not totally tapped into music theory. Uh, I think it's important to learn, certainly. Right. But, you know, once you get the sort of basic understanding, you're like, you're sort of going on that journey. And I'm definitely not going to say that I'm, you know, I've made it very far in that journey. I know people who, who are incredible at, you know, playing keyboard or piano or like, saxophone and and they'll all say the same thing like they're they're barely even midway through like right what they're gonna yeah. learn for music i've barely even started i'll say that yeah and you're still leaps and bounds ahead of me so <laughs> it's definitely it's such it's such yeah. a wide world but it's so easy to get into no absolutely yeah as, as long as you can uh get your hands on an instrument you can really get in and thankfully right. they're really accessible to a lot oh, of people these accessible. days even yeah, if you, you can't just... buy one, the band programs at most high schools and stuff, even middle schools, it's easy for like anyone to get into it if they want. All right, I was gonna say. So, like one of the one of the easiest things to do nowadays is to go online, download, you know, some DAW. You can download like Ableton Light, Live Light, or whatever, or like Reaper, yeah. and just get like a synth plugin bring up the virtual keyboard and now you have your own synth oh, right. it's not yeah. it's not very deep i guess but like you can do a lot with it you can explore those sounds you can explore how like um how how you you as one single person with an instrument can make this like this, this crazy experience um one of the one of the people that I look up to a lot. I still look up to them, um, even though she sadly passed pretty recently with Sophie. Um, Sophie was uh, an electronic producer who just using synths. I, one of the songs that I remember very vividly, um, except fault of me, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, she made a synth sound like a leaky faucet. <laughs> like oh, it's wow. crazy. <laughs> um it's it's so it's so strange like that that whole that whole realm of of getting into that i think i started out as a guitar player i think i'm gonna like sort of 
go deep into synths, but I'll never like stop playing guitar, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And what I was starting to get at earlier is sixties and seventies. There was, uh, the electric guitar was coming big. Then next decade, the synths, and now we've got the EDM and stuff. So there's always been new technology with music and new instruments. What do you think will be kind of the next frontier? Do you think there is something coming up or do you think we've mm. kind of explored all the avenues there are and now it's so, just a matter of telling different stories in different ways through what we already have? I think there are an infinite number of instruments out there. You know, I yeah. you could turn anything into an instrument. I could turn, you know, uh, this piece of paper that I'm holding into an instrument if I really wanted to. It'd be yeah. percussive, obviously, but like... Um, I think we're still sort of exploring sort of synthesis. We've been exploring synthesis since the seventies, you know, when, right, when yeah. all of that stuff, uh, by previously aforementioned artists was, was coming out. Um, and I, I think it, it's just like, uh, you know, like hyper pop is becoming big right now. I think we're, we're sort of entering the a world where like, we we sort of recognize that everything is like produced yeah you know? what is hyperpop i don't think i'm familiar with this so uh hyperpop is so uh like hunter gex i don't know oh yes i think i i think yeah, i introduced yeah. you, you to did, them yeah. at, at one point <laughs> unfortunately uh, yeah <laughs> just I, kidding that's hyperpop uh you know um carly ray jepson is doing hyperpop right now you know oh, okay. of of call me maybe fame Wait, uh, question uh, real quick. Is there a difference between hyperpop and crunkcore? Yes. Oh, okay. Is. Yeah. <laughs> is it a big difference? Hyperpop is like, uh, I haven't listened to too much crunkcore, so I, I That's would. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say the definition of like hyperpop is just like incredibly bouncy, bubbly, like almost irreverent, like pop. Like they don't care what they say, you know, like there's no right. censor bar on on anything that laura less says in a hundred x track yeah um, they reminded me a lot of like an old school like myspace band or something which is yeah. kind of why i was asking about crunkcore which yeah, i unfortunately discovered like a few months ago <laughs> i think you i think you asked the same question last time uh, oh, I, did I, I? I showed you hundred x i think you asked if they were crunk core yeah which i found a little funny oh i'm uh, sorry but... i didn't mean to be repetitive dude no it's <laughs> it's cool it's cool we, we we draw the we draw these these lines in our brains and we can't get them out but um yeah the way that you would describe like hyper pop is just like super bubbly like again a reverent like pop you know it's it's yeah. it's kind of just like a it, it it is like a rebellious thing um, I don't think everyone's going to get into hyperpop, but I think it's a, an emerging genre that I think a lot of people are going to get into because it's proven to be pretty popular. Um, oh, wow. Maybe yeah. if, if in the way that it's popular, that like maybe it's popular in a way that like people are like um, sort of, you know, rebelling against something, I guess. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's popular in that way or like it's countercultural. Right, but, which makes sense. I feel like that's where a lot of the kind of new culture comes from, the counterculture for sure. Yeah, I think I think 
the like sort of next steps in music are just going to be like exploring a bunch of like countercultural things which i mean there's there's a lot of music going around nowadays i don't know if there is like this next big thing i don't know if it's that easy to you know like predict because like so pr production auto-tune that stuff is is getting used in a way that's pretty artistic like it's not yeah so much you're you're like taking chris brown's voice and and you know matching it to the song um you're taking someone's voice who is generally like a pretty good singer and then you're just like you're doing synthesis to it basically again right. with the synths i think synths is probably gonna be my answer for like what's the next <laughs> big thing but like in a, in elaboration like yeah. you're you're altering the sound a lot of things right you're altering the sound of a lot of things i should say do you believe there's any uh sacred ground like i know you're not a big country fan but i see there's been a lot of kind of um kind of drum loop tracks and stuff in country music and they're getting a lot more kind of towards really produced pop or like rap oh, and stuff and yeah so that's that's interesting i country is taking this weird turn towards like sort of hip-hop like kind of like yeah kind of like that i think it's just a, a function of like who's coming into you know nashville to become the producers like it's a it's a lot of young kids like i know kids right. who are being flown out like probably in a couple months to work in nashville oh wow in a couple recording studios you know congratulations to those kids yeah, that's, that's, that's a that's huge impressive gig. absolutely um, yeah dude i'm jealous <laughs> But, you know, it's 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 people who are producing. It's also the people who are writing the songs because, you know, not every, you know, artist quote, listed on Spotify is the person writing the songs. Right. Um, Absolutely. They'll, they'll have other people writing their songs for them. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting to see. I think everything is taking sort of uh, inspiration with, you know, like drum machines and like sequencers and, and stuff like that it's 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 interesting to see um in terms of like sacred ground uh, do you mean yeah. like stuff that's that like, shouldn't be touched by it or yeah yeah like a lot of people think with country like the acoustic guitars and uh, stuff yeah. like that so, and it just one, one more thing it kind of seems like country's having an identity crisis a little bit where it's just trying to be pop and yeah. if you're just trying that hard to be pop, why not just be pop and not be country to begin with? <laughs> Which is kind of yeah. my my whole complaint about it. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Actually, I haven't I haven't thought about it too much. Um, right. In that regard, but I I do know that like the the country songs I've listened to over recent have have been kind of like very much pop songs. Like they're meant to meant to be earworms. But yeah. I think the the not it's not so much a genre that can't or shouldn't be touched by you know production but a genre that i would find very hard to imagine being touched by overproduction is like folk you know yeah like i know i i i i'm a metal guy i am a I, i'm into so many different types of genres i am like a I am kind of like a, a, a folk guy as well. Yeah. Um, metal has been touched by production a lot. There's some really great tracks out there. If you played the Doom 2016 game, yeah. that entire soundtrack is metal with 
a bunch of production on it and it sounds oh, wow. fantastic it won so many awards um it like black metal gets touched by you know glitch glitchy production as well and it sounds great yeah, yeah. folk though um i know uh mumford and sons and the lumineers and they're they're relatively heavily produced but not in like a synthy way more yeah, just not, kind of a pop way. production yeah, i think taylor swift's two new albums are very clean like just acoustics yeah. and, and vocals and some percussion um i mean I, I didn't listen to the newest one i think there was some like pop songs on um Oh, man, I'm gonna. For, I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm doing a terrible job remembering all the names of yeah. these Trying these artists. Think. Was it like uh, Evermore and Forevermore Evermore, or something? Evermore is the the newest one, I think. Oh, okay. Folklore was folklore. The one was oh, the okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Folklore had like I think one or two like kind of pop songs on it, but for the most part, it was like kind of kind of just clean. Like, and and Shaky Graves is another like oh big yeah folk. Uh, yeah absolutely uh i don't know if they're considered folk or not but uh zach bryan as well as tyler childers i don't know if you're familiar with them they're borderline or childers is borderline bluegrass a little bit but uh yeah that's another one that i think won't be touched as bluegrass definitely won't be touched as bluegrass dude feeding a banjo through like some sort of synthesizer that would terrify me you're not terrified but i i can't imagine that sounding I think, too yeah good. i think it's it's a str- it's a strange combination i think there's yeah. probably going to be someone who does it there's definitely yeah. going to be someone who does it like uh just maybe as an experiment and maybe it'll sound good maybe yeah. i i hope i'm proven wrong that there's a there's a good way to like mix <laughs> folk and and synths yeah uh because you know i think the best the best thing that you can do in in music because be proven wrong when you have doubts about like how good something will yeah. sound i think no, that's the most pleasant thing yeah like i know uh personally with me i see uh pop punk being mixed with rap a lot lately and i was never oh, big yeah. into rap but uh, i was listening to um trippy red's new album it's 40 songs is produced by travis barker the drummer from blink and yeah. uh had like machine gun kelly on it who is basically pop punk at this point too and I actually really liked a decent amount of it, but I was playing it one day and, you know, it, it sounds really current to me, but my dad walked through the room. He was like, wow, you know, this, this has real eighties vibes to me. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of funny how music kind of takes a cyclical pattern too. like something will be kind of out of style for a while, but then the next generation or two generations in the future will discover it. And it won't seem cheesy to them because it wasn't really even part of their past. It was just time something. is a time is a flat circle. Yeah, <laughs> we're all we're all living cyclically. Yeah, that's that's very true. But um, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of combinations that I didn't expect to see. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Avril Lavigne's having a little bit of a comeback, which I welcome. Oh yeah. <laughs> little bit she did a song with mod son i think i talked I about that, that ska come back to come to, oh to, to yeah around yeah i, I can... ska. no like, me I too used to, i used to i used to crap on ska a lot because <laughs> i was stupid i <laughs> didn't realize how good of a genre it was yeah who are your favorite uh ska bands the ones that come to my mind are less than jake real big fish mighty mighty boss <laughs> yeah i was gonna say boss tones uh 
real big fish is one i don't know if i <laughs> i don't know if i would call them one of my favorites but yeah <laughs> uh you know i think i think I, I do like boston's a lot though like yeah no, absolutely maybe, maybe it's just because i've watched too many movies from 2004 yeah <laughs> yeah no no i agree i feel like they're able to kind of get into that rock sphere like pretty easily too versus some of the other bands it's like ska can sound really gimmicky really quickly if you're not careful gimmicky super super gimmicky yeah have you ever seen the youtube channel ska tune network i have yeah i have yeah Yeah, that guy is kind of single-handedly trying to keep ska alive which is reviving it yeah (laughs) i yeah no i dug out my uh so i i you you might have heard on, early on this podcast that yeah. you might have gotten the impression that the guitar was the first instrument I played, but no, it was uh, the first instrument that I was playing, performing was uh, the trombone. Oh and wow! I, and I recently dug out my trombone, and I had a thought that like my friend plays trumpet, my other friend plays like saxophone. We all play guitar and bass. Yeah. We could start a ska band. Dude, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Have like, you thought of the name for your ska band yet? I, I, we haven't yet. Well, we think of one. A dog named Roger, dude. <laughs> a dog named Roger. It's out there. <laughs> you know, if it's not like, if it's not like a little joke emo band, then it's definitely a good ska band. Yeah, dude, dog absolutely. Named Roger. Dude, I'm trying to think of what other ska bands are. I feel like we hit the main like three or four, but yeah, I think uh... we hit the only three or four <laughs> ska bands that. Ah, exist dude i'm trying to think no doubt i guess they were pretty poppy that i think that's gwen stefani's old band like, right it's like yeah um yeah is goldfinger say, ska yeah, actually, too yeah goldfinger is is ska i think bomb the music industry yeah. ska no doubt is is actually my favorite ska band now that i think about it that's yeah. gwen stefani's old one right yeah, yeah. Uh, you know just a girl and and all that it's so good yeah, no, absolutely. Do you ever watch uh, the Punk Rock MBAs videos on YouTube? I have not. I, I think you'd really enjoy them. I've been watching a ton of them. I've quoted him on like a couple podcasts <laughs> yeah. at this point. He talks so much about like kind of the industry. He had a whole video on uh, ska music and how it kind of came into the scene and how it like died out. And he uh, looks at it from like a business perspective too, which is interesting because know a lot of these like famous musicians they do it for the music but they also kind of do it for the money and if you're trying to do it you need to be able to support yourself so it's interesting to really look at it with that lens as well oh yeah totally yeah dude absolutely but i wanted to ask you kind of about the music like production audio recording stuff you've done for the radio station because i saw that mixer board one day when you brought me in there and that was impressive (laughs) oh yeah 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 speaking of you know music production um i am the profession wise well soft profession wise because it's it's technically a volunteer job i'm i'm the chief engineer of the radio station and for two years um, of of the three that I've spent there, um, I've been a fallout engineer, which means that I'm one of the live production people um, that oh, wow. that works with setting up live bands and getting them ready to go on air. Uh, you know, doing the mixes and doing the uh, like microphone setup. You know, yeah, all yeah. of that, yeah, recording and stuff like that. 
I've been doing that for uh, for a good while. I miss it a lot because we I don't have access to the station anymore because of you know COVID, COVID. and everything. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's 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 afforded me a lot of wonderful opportunities to you know work at other places doing the same thing. And uh, yeah, I, I would I any question you got, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> um, what was probably like the best band you've recorded at least like probably won't know the name but were there any that stood out and like why they stand out and you're recording oh so that's a so there there are a couple couple categories for best uh yeah the best band overall that i i think i've recorded um i don't i don't remember the name exactly um but it it, it was a blues band there's a dude oh, who yeah. flew out from norway Oh wow! Uh, to be on the radio station, he was doing a tour of uh, I think the East Coast. A so Scandinavian musician that's not metal, dude. You're you're blowing my mind yeah, right no, now. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he he played accordion. Oh wow! Would you would you believe? And I had a microphone out. He was so good, so 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 good. Um, a lot, actually, if if I know, I said I I didn't need to plug anything, but if I was going to plug something, it was going to be someone else's show yeah. <laughs> on the radio station. It's yeah. it's Blues Deluxe every Saturday from uh, three to six. Some of the best musicians play on that show, like oh, le- wow. legitimately some of the best. Um, we had Mick Jagger's uh, guitarist on that show. He oh, has wow. his own band, um, and that was an incredible incredible session. Uh, yeah, the, those are those are the the blues the blues bands are, are the best to to work with because they're professionals. You know, yeah. they've been doing this for years, and they just sound so incredible. They are they are masters of their craft. Oh, that's um, that's amazing. How do you uh, get these bands to come? Do uh, you guys kind of do it, or do you have one person in charge of getting people to come in, or do you see who's playing songus and then reach out and ask so, if they want to come to the station? We haven't had a person that's played Songus yet. It's mostly up to to DJs to to find out those bands. Like you've been on you've been on my show, and my show's right. had a couple live bands. Um, like I I will reach out to friends of friends. I will reach out to my own friends, see if they want to play on on the show. Yeah. And if if they do, I set them up with a date, and then they come in, and and I and I get to work. Um, sometimes you know our our flagship live show uh live from the fallout will will have some rollover a band might not be able to make it on monday but they can make it on wednesday so right. that's when i i set them up and they they get to play on my show like a, a band that is one of my favorites um uh taciturn uh played on my show and and they're really oh, wow. cool they were they were just like a lot of yelling yeah <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of like good punk um but yeah there's 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 a ton of variety on there uh you i said there were a couple of categories for like the best sessions and yeah. one of the categories that i have is like the like the most interesting sessions i've ever been a part of um there's a band called beep played on the stress factor uh which is our metal show and they were they were like pure noise but they brought in their own homemade synths like their oh, own wow. homemade pedals as well um and one of them was just like like literally just a saw blade like <laughs> like insane insane stuff 
and, wow. and I and I got to had to figure out how to like mic that. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's really like cool uh, doing audio production for a place like a, a a local radio station because you have so like so much variety in terms of like who you might end up with or like oh, wow, in yeah. terms of like learning opportunity. Yeah, and uh, is there a lot of times like that where kind of you you have to figure out in the moment how you're gonna do something like something might not work quite right oh, and so many you have times. to improvise. Yeah. Wow, that, um, that builds up skills quickly, doesn't it? Oh yeah, this it's it's been it's been a it's I've had some some wild rides at that station. I'll tell you, uh, yeah. one of the first bands that I had on my Wednesday show, they didn't have any way for me to get their music so they were a hip-hop group um yeah from andover they didn't have any way for me to get their music from their laptop out to the board so i brought in another mixer i set them up with the mixer they had all their microphones in that mixer it would go into their uh, like a a, a, uh, an audio feed from their like focus right audio interface um would would go into that mixer and then i would take the output of that mixer and then put it into my mixer oh wow so we had a double up it sounded not great but yeah it did it did sound like something and you know what they were they were good enough they were like a fun enough group to to work with like you know it's 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 you you learn you learn a good amount of stuff when it comes to like improvising um there's some there's some improvising that i've had to do on when i when i was working with beep it's like like geez like how do you how do you make a saw blade like i <laughs> i'm gonna have to learn this like real quick like show me how this instrument is played yeah all right sound comes out there uh play it again and i would run back and forth between the booth and see how each microphone placement sounded oh wow and, oh, I would, and I would do that. I would do that in the other jobs that I've I've gotten as well. Like the um, there's a, a concert series that I used to work with. They don't do it that much anymore, but it, it was run by my kindergarten teacher, and I'm I'm very good friends with her. And oh, wow. um, they had me in to mix one day, and it, it it was also one of the busiest days of my entire life because that was during uh, our wml folk fest broadcast oh wow um so <laughs> we i woke up at 6 a.m got down to uh the park that folk fest is held at got our broadcast ready um started the recording started like doing the stuff for that along with the other en- engineers on the team and, and our operations manager tom and then at 11 or at, at 11 o'clock i drove down to hopkington and yeah. then i got set up or i set up a, a band um for the concert series and like it was it was like me and my element like i was yeah i set up the the mics for the guitars i would go stand in the center of the barn which was the stage that they they played on um, like yeah. where the crowd would be, I would stand in the center there. I would run to the mixing board to make adjustment. Then I would run like ten yards behind that, have them play, make adjustment. Then I would run 
10 yards behind that, have him play and make adjustment. And then when I was happy with it, I got in my car and left. Yeah. Cause I had to go back to the, to the folk fest broadcast. And then my mom oh, called wow. me later. She was just like, people loved that, that mix. Yeah. And I was just like, that is, that is great. I'm so glad to hear yeah. that. Like it, it's, it's really fun. You get in these really yeah. funny little situations and you can tell like really good stories from it. Like you, you know, Lee, Yes, um, yeah. This is another person from the radio station. He's his dad has worked in in audio production for so many different people. Like he has dinner with Eric Clapton. Like oh wow. And and Dave Matthews. Like this this guy knows his stuff and the amount of stories that come out of him. Like it's incredible. Wow, um, I can imagine. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. I never knew that. I, uh, me and Lee are actually from the same town. Yeah. So <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, you, you learn have something a, new you have every a, day. You have a legend living in, in, yeah. in your town. <laughs> Dude, that's it's very impressive. So that's that's cool. It sounds like you've uh you've been making the most at college for sure. Oh, I, yeah. I wish I joined uh the radio station. I was debating it for a while, but I you know, just it's... had or sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's 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 even it's even good enough to know someone who's who's part of the radio station because you know you still get a lot of that, yeah, culture by by talking with someone who's like into the radio station, right? So right, like right. if you if you have a friend who who's a DJ, just like ask if if you could be on their show. Like I know you did that, and also right, my friend yeah. Ian did that at the same time, and you both were on on a washed out wednesday that one time yes and I yeah think we, and th- i think we had fun um yeah definitely like after that show my friend ian who was who was a freshman at the time i think um at a, at a college was just like i'm signing up for the radio station right now and he's he has had a show for for a good bit of time um, oh that's awesome and and he got all of his friends into it you know oh wow yeah it's super cool to be part of that whole sphere and even know people in that sphere. Oh, definitely. Do you see a lot of music production go into laptops and stuff? Like as an industry, do you think there's uh, gonna still be a decent uh, kind of music production industry in like 20 years or do you think it's going to oh, become yeah. DIY? I think it's going to become, I think music production, like huge studios aren't going to change, you know, yeah. like um, getting into that, that recording studio like it's 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 something that i don't think anyone would ever want to like move away from like right. i i know bedroom pop is is pretty pretty popular like i have all the stuff at home right where i'm sitting right now at my desk yeah. where i could make a full album oh um, wow it wouldn't be as good though as, as if i had gone to a to a a, a recording studio where I could have like everyone in, I could have multiple like session musicians. I could go over the tapes multiple times. I would have someone who's like very professional with their work. Give me advice yeah. on like, this is how it should sound. Like I'm going to add this, you know? Right. Um, yeah. One thing that is, is one thing that's cool is in hip hop. I don't know if you ever watched like Kenny beats is the cave or whatever. No, no. But, um, Kenny Beats is a producer from uh, Connecticut who has made some incredible music. He works with a lot of huge names in hip hop. Oh, wow. Um, 
and he has a, a series on YouTube where he just like he brings them in to a into his studio. Uh, the the don't overthink stuff. Let's say it. I'm trying to be FCC clean on a on a yeah. podcast that isn't necessarily going over air, but um, the on his, in his studio and they would just like improv a uh, improv a beat and you know they would improv the rap as well. Like oh, it's wow. it's all within a day. Like that, watching that is incredible. Yeah, it's it's so cool to watch that. I don't think that's ever gonna go away. And I, if it, if it ever does, then I don't want to see it. Right. You know? No, absolutely. Same here. I know. I was watching some mini documentaries, probably ten minutes long, of uh, Jeremy Zucker and Chelsea Cutler. They uh, spent like a week in somewhere in like uh, Connecticut, just or somewhere in the wilderness more or less it was kind of rural place they just rented an airbnb and stayed there for a week and talking about bedroom pop they are like the epitome (laughs) bedroom pop at this point but even just seeing the two of them kind of in a little or i said airbnb i think it was an actual studio though that they rented out and it was pretty interesting even to to see that just a couple people in there both our creators being able to create together and they had really different processes but uh they were definitely able to make some cool stuff not that i'm a huge fan of theirs but it was just interesting to kind of see the process yeah i think a lot of more a lot more people are getting into music production just because the tools are available but right you know going into a studio and and having you know all these different rooms and this huge equipment and and all this all this all these instruments is is just like a joy oh yeah absolutely and you can do so much with it yeah no totally it's it's kind of crazy from like one person to another person can pick up the same guitar and totally different stuff will come out of it (laughs) just it's uh so much based on like the person playing it you know i'm looking now we we're at an hour 10 minutes i think this is go. a great great recording for the podcast side it's a pleasure as always any uh final words for our listeners uh keep listening to this podcast thank you you know i i can't say jack that is but... <laughs> jack is a jack is a friend of mine and boy if you don't listen to this podcast you will not be a friend of mine <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh thank you si. same thing if you guys don't listen to his radio show so yeah in uh, case you were wondering that's that's 10 p.m to 12 a.m on wednesday nights on on the school radio station i'm not going to give you a full plug yeah okay you can give a full plug if you want oh, you're, you're no, allowed I was to say i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it a puzzle for your listeners <laughs> they, have to, they have to figure out what the umls radio station is could there... it perhaps have a w in front i don't know yeah yeah, we uh I probably won't put video in so they won't be able to see your shirt right, that they won't, says they it won't on see it. My shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they can it's, imagine it's your shirt. It's a mystery. Yeah, you guys they... have to you have to you, your homework for tonight <laughs> is to look up what community uh, FM bands there are and uh <laughs> see if any community FM bands are occupied in the Lowell area. <laughs> hint, hint 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 there is one and that is us there we go okay so nice homework for the listeners listeners have a groovy day see you next time in floodlandia